The following episode contains material of a graphic nature and coarse language. Listener discretion is advised. It's Johnny, and uh, we're sitting in the um, the circle, the UFO circle. You know, it's about probably an hour from dark. Uh, I just did probably like a kilometer walk through it. Uh, I've worked out where I am. Um, and yeah, I'm getting ready to ghost on it. So this is the circle right here where apparently the UFO, the famous picture of the UFO was taken over. But there's another circle over there. And when I got um, uh, the Uber out here, or near here, uh, the Uber guy was saying that the other circle is where there's really dark energy. A Romanian guy, and then I met an old Romanian guy just walking, and he said, in Romanian, but he did all the expressions and that, this is the circle where the UFO landed. The Defendant's Commission of these four murders over a 10-day period is one of the worst killing sprees in the history of this state. Skin them sometimes, uh, slit them, slit them all the way open. Uh. I'm here looking for the spirits of anybody that still remains. I have a device in my hand. If you would like to talk to it, please come forward. Tell me your story. Maybe I should have killed four or five hundred people, then I would have felt better. Then when I felt like I really offered society something. You are listening to Serial Spirits, the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Serial Spirits, the podcast. It's me, your host, Brennan Shane. With me, as always, is the beautiful, the lovely. Annie Weebs, how is it, Shay Bay? We are on episode 37. Whoop, whoop. And we're going to be talking about Freaky Forests and the Haunted Holler on this episode of Shay, the show. The reason that I researched this is because, you know, we've been asking our listeners to send us their submissions, their freaky paranormal stories. And so I wanted to have an episode where we could tell of some of these historical stories, but also kind of interject with our own experiences. And I have one. I'll save it for the end of the show. I want to get through the main meat of the show first before I tell you about my freaky haunted holler story. Well, you know, the forest is a scary place. Nature is a scary beast. And in the beginning of this episode, you heard from a paranormal investigator named Johnny Paranormal. Johnny Paranormal. Johnny Paranormal is from his page on YouTube. Go there and subscribe. He's actually got some pretty cool videos. He actually went to two of these places that we're going to talk about today. And the video you heard in the beginning of the episode is one of those places. And he, yeah, I kept purposely cut out the name of the forest just so you guys wouldn't know what it is. But he had some pretty creepy encounters. And you can watch that video on his YouTube page. So go there and check it out. 
Any place located in Transylvania comes with some terror baggage. This is, after all, the place most linked to the Dracula myth, thanks to Bram Stoker's influential novel which used the central part of Romania as its setting. The Hoya Forest, however, isn't known for vampire activity as much as it is for paranormal activity, UFO sightings, and missing persons. Look at the strange vegetation that grows in this forest. Tree trunks with strange uniform bends, not to mention areas where nothing grows at all for some unknown reason. People who found the courage to take a stroll through these woods have reported having suffered from nausea, extreme anxiety, severe headaches, and in some cases, mysterious burns and scratches. They also claim they felt they were being watched the entire time and that they heard mysterious crying and giggling that could not be explained. Then of course there are the countless UFO sightings that have taken place here, with people swearing they witnessed strange glowing orbs in the forest. It all makes one legendary undead bloodsucker seem about as scary as a box of kittens. The Hoyabachu Forest in Romania has often been referred to as Romania's Bermuda Triangle. For decades, stories of paranormal phenomena in these woods have terrified locals and drawn investigators from around the world, attempting to capture some type of evidence of the local legends. The forest derived its name from a local shepherd who disappeared into the woods, along with his 200 sheep, never to be found again. The area first gained notoriety in the 1960s when a biologist named Alexandru Sift released photos that he had taken of a disc-shaped object flying above the trees in Hoyabachu. More strange photos were released in August of 1968 after a military technician named Emil Barnia captured the images of a similar UFO flying above the forest. Hoyabachu became known as a hotspot for UFO sightings throughout the years and alien activity seemed to be backed up by strange physical phenomena that locals experienced after venturing into the forest. Many reported suffering from rashes, nausea, vomiting, migraines, burns, scratches, anxiety, and other unusual symptoms after being in the area. Electronic devices are known to malfunction for no reason in the forest, and countless reports of glowing orbs and unknown light phenomena have been reported in the area. Along with the UFO and orb sightings, many locals believe the woods to be haunted by spirits of the past. Reports of ghostly apparitions, disembodied voices and laughter, and feelings of being watched have become common occurrences in Hoyabachu. Many locals believe the spirits to be those of Romanian peasants who were murdered in the forest, returning to avenge their deaths. One part of the forest is of particular interest to scientists and investigators, as it seems that many of the paranormal occurrences happen there. In the forest exists a large circular clearing where no vegetation grows. Soil samples of the area have been normal and show no reason as to why nothing will grow there. It is in this circular area that witches and cults have reportedly held their rituals. Finally, and perhaps most frightening of all the experiences, are episodes of lost time that many report experiencing while in the forest. One local legend states that a five-year-old girl wandered alone into the woods and became lost. The little girl remained missing for five years when she suddenly reappeared, 
looking as if she hadn't aged a single day since she vanished. This has led many paranormal and UFO investigators to believe that Hoyabachu is some type of interdimensional portal spanning from one world to the next. Shay, one of the most famous paranormal investigations of Hoyabachu was televised in 2009 by none other than our favorite investigator, Josh Gates, on an episode of Destination Truth. Do you remember that? Destination Truth was by far my favorite paranormal show to date. The best paranormal to show date. ever. Josh and Gates, we heart you. I don't know if you're going to say this, but yeah, I mean, I, re- I remember it. I'll, I'll let you continue well, telling I, the What story. I remember of this, and this is probably of all of the episodes of Destination Truth, the one that I remember the most. So that he and his crew go to Hoya Bachu, and I think it was one of his cameramen is sitting in this circle. Well, they all started doing like spending like 20 minutes yeah. by them, like an isolation Yeah, session. they were doing their own isolation sessions. And one of the guys goes in there and he's sitting down with his camera and his equipment in the middle. And you see him like get pulled backwards out of the circle. And this guy kind of loses his mind like he's in this trance-like state people start getting sick it was just he didn't just get pulled backwards they caught him on camera flying back 20 feet it it's pretty the air it's been so long that i had actually you know i I kind of forgot that that's where they were then i started reading about it I i remember that clearly it was absolutely insane and they shut it down they shut the investigation down right after that because he legitimately like it's it's you can find the video it's still out there he legitimately they had a stationary camera set up filming him as he's filming you know because they in destination truth they always had them weird cameras that came out and like stuck in right. front of their face and he legit goes flying back 20 feet through the air like he got hit by a car or something. So it's nuts. Ho- so Hoyabachu, is it haunted? Is it an alien hotspot? Is it an interdimensional portal to another world? This is one of the weirdest places on the planet. Well, the w- weird thing about this this forest, too, is just right outside of Transylvania, is it not? It is close to Which Transylvania, yes. we all know yes. Transylvania lore with vampires and Count Dracula and Vlad the Impaler and all that stuff. I mean, it's just a crazy, creepy place to begin with. And then you, on top of it, you have this forest that... In my belief, 100%, you know how I feel about the paranormal. I think that has something to do with interdimensional. Nothing will grow in this area for what reason? People go missing. They see it's a flap area with UFOs. I mean, it's just... And the people that go into this area that experience these weird physical phenomena, the rashes, the burns, the nausea... It all seems like it has to do with energy dispersion, radiation. I mean... That's what they kind of get, like Skinwalker Ranch. We talked about Skinwalker Ranch in one of our episodes, and it's the same kind of thing. They get all these weird readings, all these weird sightings. There's been sightings of like portals opening up in the sky where they look through it, and it's nighttime where they're at, and they can see blue sky on the other side, like looking at another world. I mean, it makes sense to me that that's what it would be. Lost time, people lose time. I mean, here's an example of lost time and what this quantum realm and all this stuff has to do with. If you guys have seen the movie Avengers Endgame, okay, if you haven't, I'm going to spoil it a little bit for you because it's been out for over a year. Spoiler alert. But Ant-Man, at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp, gets shrunk and gets put into a small particle world, basically. And in Endgame, everybody's been missing for five years when the movie starts. He says he comes back because his the, the thing releases him from this, this realm he's in. And he says, for me, it felt like I was gone five hours, but it's been actually five years. And that to me, like, that's just, that makes sense. You could be gone 
And in a minute, you're back and you're like, oh, I was gone 10 minutes, but you could have been gone 10 years. Shay, I'm going to send you some of the pictures that they have of the UFOs. And what I found are the ones from the 19, early 1960s to late 1960s, from what I've found, the ones that they've posted from here, these UFOs look kind of similar. They all kind of look like jellyfish floating in the sky. It's almost, they describe them as disc-like, but and it could just be some type of a light bouncing off of it, but it also, it almost looks hollow in the middle. Like there's a circle, there's a, a firm circle with this area of light in the middle of it. They look similar. It's very odd. Well, I know that a lot, the, one of the big things that they do catch there a lot is balls of light, is orbs, orb energy, light energy. In the paranormal field, any kind of orb, whether you're getting thinking it's a ghost, whether you're thinking it's a UFO, you know, it, it has to have to have certain criteria to meet. But if you don't, aren't trained enough to know, like that's lens flare or whatever, you can get all these false positives all the time. But there's some pretty crazy light orb pictures from this forest that are just, they're unexplainable. Like, so Hoya, where, where do they come from? Hoya Bachu, would you go there and spend the night alone in this circle or no? What kind of stupid question is that? What do you, 100% of course I would. I think you would say yes. I would be a little hesitant. I don't I know. 100%. It's, I'd it's stand in the middle of it. freaky place. Freaky I'd, forest. Daytime, nighttime, I'm there. I'll do it. We'll be back after this message. So Annie, guess what? What? Jay? I just got off the phone with Mike Diamond. You know, Mike Deli Meats. Deli Meats. Yeah, and he just told me that we have a Patreon set up. We do have a Patreon. One hundred percent. Hot diggity dog. And we are so excited to be part of this Patreon with ParanormalWarehouse.com because guess what? You can get our podcast exclusively a week early before everybody else gets to hear it. And that's pretty sweet. Not just can you get Serial Spirits a week early, you can get all the shows that Paranormal Warehouse has to offer, plus all kinds of Paranormal Warehouse merch that is not available to the public. Patreon.com forward slash Paranormal Warehouse. Guys, this is where it's at. Live out your best quarantine days watching Paranormal Warehouse. You won't regret it. Alex King from the American Ghost Hunter Show, he just got a sweet Serial Spirits tank top. And let me tell you what, his nipples do hang out of them. His nipples have never looked better. So become a patron today. Go to patreon.com forward slash paranormal warehouse. Get our show a week early with some other cool stuff. I used to feel alone, awkward, and self-conscious. I felt as if I was walking down an endless road leading nowhere. I suffered from deep depression and I couldn't shake the pain. Soon I would catch myself having thoughts of suicide. I ached in pain for someone to come and help and tell me everything's alright. As I drifted off into my daily thoughts of emptiness, someone stepped in and reached out. They told me they were there for me. I later realized in a world this big, there will always be someone to confide in. I'm so thankful someone came to my rescue and made me feel loved. You do not have to suffer alone. Be the difference in someone's life and don't let another beautiful life be wasted. Don't wait until it's too late. Know the signs. Give light to someone in need. If you know someone who is suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-TALK. 
You are listening to Serial Spirits, the podcast. Aokigahara Forest lies west of Tokyo. It is so thick and dense, it has become known as the Sea of Trees. It also has another more sinister name, the Suicide Forest. Last year, 45 Japanese traveled here from all over the country to end their lives. Local police became so alarmed, they began patrols with the specific goal of preventing more suicides. We asked people, what are you doing here? Did you come on this trip alone? When the answer is unclear, it means, in 100% of cases, that the person left their home and came here to commit suicide. As we follow the patrol, local shop owners alert the police to someone who seems to be contemplating suicide. We film the conversation from a distance. The police offer the man reassurance and escort him back to the station. Prime Minister Naoto Kan believes his country's high suicide rate is indicative of something deeply wrong with the country. His government has just launched a new suicide prevention campaign. Here is our new national campaign slogan. Daddy, are you sleeping well? That's because most of the people who commit suicide suffer from depression, and sleep patterns are a good indicator. The aim here is to increase public awareness using a very simple message. The campaign struck a chord with Mai. Her father, a small business manager, fell into debt and later killed himself. He was just 45 and Mai never noticed he was so unwell. My father was a strong man who never talked about his debts. After he killed himself, I realized how hard society is. Even my father couldn't manage to live in it. I then wondered whether I myself would manage to survive. This specialist says social pressure plays a significant role in Japan's high suicide rate. Whether it's within the family, at work or in society, it's very hard to show weakness. From a very young age, from primary school on, dynamic and happy kids are held up as examples to follow. If you don't live up to that, other people treat you harshly, and that's why people don't ask for help. Japan fears the suicide rate will hit another grim record this year. Last year, 32,000 people killed themselves. That is one suicide for every 15 minutes. 13 miles northwest of Mount Fuji in Japan is the Aokahara Forest, also known as the Suicide Forest. Known locally as the Sea of Trees due to its extremely thick foliage, it has become a hotspot for suicides because bodies are so difficult to locate in the dense forest. Japan has one of the highest suicide rates in the world. So bad that government has posted signs throughout the Suicide Forest encouraging those contemplating suicide to reach out for help. Signs posted at the entrance and on trails say things like, think carefully about your children and your family, and your life is a precious gift from your parents. Surveillance cameras and security officers are posted throughout the forest to help those suffering. The suicide forest also gained its macabre history because of an old, rare Japanese practice called ubasute, which translates roughly to meaning abandoning the old woman. During times of famine, desperate Japanese families would take their elderly loved ones to places like these dense forests and leave them alone to die. Books have been written about the forest, including the 1960s novel Kuro Jukai, 
in which a heartbroken woman disappears into the forest to die, and a book called The Complete Manual of Suicide, published in 1993, which calls the suicide forest, quote, the perfect place to die. It's not uncommon for those meandering through the sea of trees to find mementos of those who have left their earthly lives behind. Makeshift camps, photos, books, clothing, all surrounded by the tape of local police officers and volunteer firemen who make monthly sweeps throughout the forest in hopes of finding those who are lost. It's unknown exactly how many people have ended their lives there because, police report, it's more likely that wild animals will find the corpses before they do. Adding to the desolation of the area is the inability to use most electronic devices, including cell phones and GPS trackers, due to the high concentration of magnetic iron in the soil. So, with the dark history held within the dense forest, it's not surprising that reports of paranormal phenomena are reported frequently, so much so that investigators and tourists from all over the globe visit the woods to experience it for themselves. Reports of shadow people and apparitions following hikers on trails have been reported, those hikers reporting that their stalkers vanish into thin air. Disembodied voices, screams, and sobbing have been reported, one person even saying that, upon hearing a female crying in the forest, she followed the cries to find a corpse hanging from a tree. As soon as she spotted the body, the crying ceased. There have also been reports that the spirits of the suicide forest may follow you home. Many who have visited report that after leaving the forest, they have had some recurring episodes of trance-like states, disturbing dreams, strange visions of unknown people, and periods of lost time. I'm now finally at Japan's suicide forest, the world's famous suicide forest, where around more than 150 people who come here to commit suicide. And the science here says that if you're depressed, if you're lonely, and if you want to change your mind, and you do not want to go on to commit suicide, think of your family, think of your loved ones. And this is the number to call if you really need help. And if you look over here, it says here that uh, it says here that uh, no entry, but I'm going in now. Very quiet here. Except for the wind. I can only I can only feel my I can only hear my breathing. It, it's so quiet that um, there are no animals here, there are no birds here. And as as if that there's no living thing here. It's only that the dead and there's no one else. See you.
Shay, I read some of these encounters on various pages, and it sounds a lot like Hoyabachu, these people who have gone in there and they come out and they're saying, I, you know, I just, I find myself dreaming of these people having these unnatural feelings of wanting to harm myself. And I've never felt that way before. These people go there to experience the forest and it seems like they're bringing back something else. This stuff is so interesting to see all the similarities in the traits with the electromagnetic field, all that stuff. One of the things they say about haunted places is that there's tons of electromagnetic activity and it could, you know, I just have this theory, everything's energy, everything returns to the earth and earth gives off this natural frequency, this vibration that I think we return to when we die. That's my theory on what people who have passed on and come back and haunt. But I just find it odd that there's two different places, not even close to each other in the world, almost having the same kind of similarities. It's almost like the missing 411 stuff, too, because all these people go to the forest, they disappear without a trace, or they're found later on, like they just got sucked into another dimension and then came back. It's it's strange. I know this place wasn't really, it was known, but it really wasn't known till Logan Paul who was a famous YouTuber, Right, he went to go check out all the rumors about the suicide forest because people go there to kill themselves. Right. That's the big thing. And he actually found a body and showed the body on his was YouTube page and then got all this scrutiny for it. YouTube completely pulled him from YouTube and he was one of the big earners of, you know, he would just made stupid videos about no. stuff that he did. As they should have that, you know, that has no business being there. And the suicide rate is so high in Japan because in their culture, they don't really view suicide like we do, you know, where... No, it's an honorable death. It's an honorable death. And so, like, they do this ubisute, you know, they would take their loved ones out there, the elderly, to die because they couldn't support them anymore. It's, you know, whether it's because of financial implication or illness or something else... In the Japanese culture, it is more honorable to end your own life than to exist in any other manner. And so it's become a real problem. The government has approached it. They put these signs up there, but it doesn't keep people from going out there and doing it. And now there's all this lore that's attached to it. Yeah, you you see a lot of these movies with Japanese samurais and they would carry around their sword then they right. would carry around a smaller dagger. And if they were captured or they were basically, you know, going to die... They took the honorable way out and you see them get on their knees. They take their shirt off. They take the knife and they plunge it in their gut. And that was the way that they considered an honorable death or their heads were cut off. I've always wanted to visit Japan because little known fact about me is that I minored in Japanese in college. I know that's so random, but at Marshall, when I was in like my sophomore year, um, they started a program, a two-year program at Marshall, that you could study the Japanese language, the Japanese culture. Our teacher was a Japanese man named uh, Tepe. It was absolutely the most fascinating course that I took at Marshall. I never regretted it. And then once I started doing paranormal and I heard about the suicide forest, that's actually one place that I would really love to go. I had a Japanese professor. His name was Oroko Saki. You no, that's from Ninja Turtles. You didn't. <laughs> you just made that up. <laughs> I did just make that up. I didn't make up a Rokosaki. He's from, he's Shredder. He's from Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Isn't he Shredder? He's Shredder. I do believe he's Shredder. Rokosaki. Yeah. Yogi. Okay. So Shay, like I said, the reason that I wanted to tell these stories about. Wait, before we continue on, okay. I have this. Okay. I have this, this theory, you know, about a lot of this stuff. 
people go there to die. So why wouldn't why wouldn't it be a haunted place? I mean, that many people are killing themselves. Why wouldn't you see shadow people? Why wouldn't you see people leading you or voices leading you to a hanging body because they want to be found? They want people to know. I mean, it just makes sense that it would be haunted. Well, the Japanese believe firmly in the ancestors of their culture, you know, that they'll go back into that life, whatever it is, whether it's reincarnation or it's their ancestors leading them. And so maybe that's what these people are experiencing there when they see and hear these things in the suicide forest. I don't even know what the statistics are, but I'm sure it's not all Japanese people that go there to do it either. I know people travel from all over the world right, to go there course. and end their life. I mean, that's just, there's been story. I know I read one about some guy in Germany. He left this big, huge letter. He went and traveled to Japan just to kill himself. And that's kind of that's kind of out there. I think you know there's I mean? you go a little way out of your way just to end your life, but isn't hey. there a, a movie with Matthew McConaughey that they call the Sea of Trees, where he goes yeah. there to kill himself after yeah. his wife dies? Yeah. So I mean, it's even made it into American and movie you can, culture. And you can even see like just the whole scenario of this place sounds like a Japanese horror movie. You know, we watch The Ring. You watch. Uh, What's, what's the other one that Sarah Michelle Gellar was in a the long grudge. time? Of the Grudge. Yeah. Movies like that. I mean, it almost sounds like a plot line for that. And it's it's But it's they, legit. It's real. Well, they made a movie about the suicide forest. I think one of the girls from Game of Thrones was in it. And she, her twin sister goes missing. And she has reason to believe that she goes there. And it's, uh, it's pretty freaky. But on a lighter note, I want to play a clip right now of a man, a Japanese man, who sits outside on the edge of the forest. And he plays happy guitar music with his Aww. acoustic guitar. He sets up telling people... You know, it's okay to be alive if you, you know, you need help. Here's places to go. But he plays happy music to keep people deterred. Let's just hear a little bit of that interview with that guy. おられたりとか、そういったことをされるのは辛い。もう本当に辛いんでやめてもらいたいなっていうことを思って音を発信してます。で、音を発信することであの思いとどまって出てくる人が今までま結果ですけど何人か。We've needed him during quarantine. Yeah, he he makes you feel good. You know, I don't I don't know what he's saying because it's in Japanese, but I mean, it sounds. <laughs> there good are bits and, and pieces that I might happy. still be able yeah. to translate. I'm not sure. I honestly do right now need him to come sing me some songs. So okay, me feel better about life. So, like I said before, the reason that I picked out these two stories was so that I could tell you my own haunted holler story. All right, let's hear it. Okay, so this has happened over the course of a lot of years. Growing up, I lived in a rural area. My parents still live there on the edge of this pretty dense wooded area. And surrounding our house, there are a bunch of cemeteries. When I was a kid, my bedroom window, you can look outside and look directly up the hill and there's a cemetery. You could see the headstones from my childhood room. So it's no reason that I'm 100% messed up. So we always played in the woods. We found on multiple occasions what we believe to be old grave sites. You know, this was an area during the Civil War that was very active, and there were just a lot of people buried out in the hills. 
So the first time that we ever experienced anything freaky in the woods, I was probably 10 or 11 years old, maybe. My dad was out of town. My uncle was out of town. And my aunt didn't like staying on her own with her two kids. And so they had decided to come spend the night with us. We had this huge storm that day and the power goes out and it's in the summer. And so it's super hot. So we're in my brother's bedroom. It's me, my brother, Taylor, and my older cousin, Travis. We're laying there. It's probably 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning. The windows are open because it's super hot throughout the house. And we all hear at the same time what sounds like children laughing from the edge of the woods, which were right outside of his window. And I remember we all stop and we look at each other. We loved scary stuff as kids. But this freaked us out. And we heard it for several minutes. And all of a sudden, it just vanishes. It stops. And it literally sounded like children running around, playing in the woods in the middle of the freaking night. It was terrifying. Still to this day, Taylor and Travis talk about it you could call either one of them right now and they would be like oh yeah I fully remember that because it scared the hell out of all of us so years later fast forward to like my senior year in high school maybe my freshman year of college I was still living at home and it was winter time and my high school sweetheart had been at the house and was leaving and as he got in his car and left now it's late it's probably 11 30 midnight whatever it's dark I hear the same laughter in the woods, kids laughing. It's winter time, so it's cold. There would be no reason that kids would be out in the woods playing at either of these times. And I stopped in my tracks and was like, those freaking kids are back again. Like, where is this coming from? So what have we heard over the years? I have no idea. Like I said, you could look out my bedroom window and go, we used to play in the cemetery. Like it wasn't abnormal to go up there and, and play in the dirt or whatever. But that's, a, that's my haunted holler story, the kids of the haunted holler. If you're not familiar with West Virginia, and I just recently found this out almost two years ago, when me and Annie first started dating, we all, a few, a couple of our friends, we took a trip to the uh, area where Annie's family was originally from, her dad's side. And we went and visited one of the cemeteries. You have to climb up, drive up this old, nasty, muddy dirt road to get up there. And it's legitimately on a mountainside. It is. And a lot in of... In the woods. Yeah. A lot of the old cemeteries are built that way because West Virginia is just mountainside. And these people existed in the middle of nowhere. So it wasn't abnormal for, you know, if there was slip, slippage in the hillside for some of these graves to kind of be lost because their monuments would tumble over the hillside and be gone forever. Remember when Todd Matthews was on, we were talking about the dead unknown and they dug in these several different places trying to find the grave of a person that they thought should be there, but the marker didn't match. And that's because of the hillside slippage. So you could walk amongst any of these hills anywhere and find a century old grave. Well, not only that, these people are living in these hills and hollers and that's their family property. So that's their plot. That's where they take their family to bury them. And it could be in the middle of the woods. I know where me and Taylor go raccoon hunting. Uh, and the top of this hill, it's in the middle of the woods, the middle of nowhere. You're walking down this trail and there's a, a 
fence with a cemetery in it. Right. And it's like, it's in the middle of uh, the middle of the hill. Like just, there's no reason for it to be there. It's just that that's where somebody's family is buried and they chose to protect it by putting a fence around it. So since I've done paranormal investigating, I've always wanted to go back out there at night and wander through the woods and see if we could capture those kids laughing again. The ones that scared us so much so many years ago. Oh, this state is pretty magical. It's got a lot of weird, creepy things in the woods. I know when you're in the woods at night hunting, it, and it's dead quiet, and you're just listening for the dogs to bark. It's uh, it sometimes feels ominous. Feels like there's things watching you. It's 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 creepy. It's a creepy place. So Shay, that does it for freaky forest and haunted hollers. Do you have anything else you want to add to that? So if you're out there listening to this episode right now, and you think to yourself, "Man, I live by a creepy old haunted forest. I've had experiences in the woods that I cannot explain. I've been." to the suicide forest in Japan, then tell us about it. We want to hear your stories. We're always looking for submissions, serial spirits at AOL.com. We tell you guys every week to write us, and we do want to hear your stories. So until next time, guys, make sure that you stay the hell out of the suicide forest unless you're there to help people sing songs to keep them from going in there. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Serial Spirits, the podcast. Find us weekly on all your podcasting platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you subscribe. Our theme song was written and produced by Annie Weibel for Serial Spirits, the podcast. Check us out on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Serial Spirits. You can always find Serial Spirits on www.paranormalwarehouse.com. Check out all the amazing shows that Paranormal Warehouse has to offer. Also on Twitter at Serial Spirits. Guys, be aware and be safe. We'll see you next time. Looking at the sun dancing through the sky, did he come by UFO? Come in a different way. Maybe he is coming all hours away. Too much goodness is a sin today. I'm checking out the show with a glassy eye. Looking at the sun dancing through the sky. Did he